Welcome to The Vinyl Preacher, your weekly podcast where we talk about the Bible and make a playlist. I'm Matt Gale, pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Los Angeles, California. And I'm Zach Pierce. I'm the pastor of Lutheran Campus Ministry at the University of Colorado Boulder. Zach, I had a, a recent gathering with uh, some of my college students. Because you know I run a pretty expensive campus ministry here. <laughs> and, uh, and we were talking about what we were looking forward to in 2022. And I said, I'm looking forward to Coachella happening again. And I crossed my fingers. That actually happens. And the Omicron or whatever variant doesn't uh, torpedo. The worst of the Transformers, Omicron. I mean, and, and let me tell you, I mean, it's a fun Decepto Omicron. It's a fun weekend, but... Uh, but I think before we even get to the fun weekend, I'm looking forward to having a list of assigned music to listen to because I feel very out of the loop on what is popular. I don't even, I feel like all, I'm just, I'm so out of the loop. I don't even know what to put on these playlists anymore because I'm like hardly listening to anything. I need somebody just to assign me. Here are 30 artists that you need to listen to between January and April. It's going to be, it's going to be great. That's what I'm looking forward to. Me, Matt, I hear you. I don't, I don't know how we've, we've synced up our cycles here, but, but, but I too am in a dry place. Um, you know, I don't know my, there's just not a lot of new music coming through my, my headphones these days. It's, it's gotten so bad, Matt, you know, I'm taking my inspiration when you're like many preachers, right? You have to preach on Sunday, whether you have in, whether you're inspired to preach or not. You got to go up there and say something, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to come onto this podcast every week and enthusiastically tell people about three songs that they should listen to. And uh, you got to fake it till you make it. You got to you got to ring out the inspiration sometimes, Matt. And so I've been going to my 60 songs that explain the 90s. And so as we mentioned on the podcast last <laughs> week, uh, I was unironically listening to Spice Girls uh, <laughs> albums last week because you, you end up in weird places when you when you're searching for the inspiration. It's true. It's true, Zach. It's true. Oh, Coachella will be nice. That'll be a nice musical gathering to go to. And we get homework, which is for for nerds like us, homework. pretty exciting. So <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to that announcement in January. Who the artist might be? We'll see. We'll see. I would like to say, Matt, that we have some homework. To assign people on the podcast this week. What's the homework? Uh, as we mentioned last time, this podcast is a sponsored episode. This is a sponsored episode. We don't normally have sponsored episode. Ooh. It's sponsored Ooh. by the Vinyl Preacher Patreon, of which we currently have zero patrons. That's okay. I know. We're taking some time as of recording a zero. The first person, uh, you know, we're going to really be big fans of who becomes, you know, you can you can become a patron any amount, a dollar a month. That'd make a big difference. Not really, but, but it'd be something <laughs> like... Maybe move us out of our dry, inspirational place. Uh, And uh, one of the big things that we think we're going to be doing with our patrons is that in the new year, in 2022, Matt, uh, we're going to have mini Coachellas. We're going to give you homework. We're going to have listening like Vinyl Preacher happy hours. We're going to listen to some music and chit and chat and do that kind of stuff. But we're starting first one free, Matt, first one free this Wednesday, which is December 15th at 4 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Mountain Time, 6 p.m. Central and 7 p.m. Eastern. I don't know what time it will be in Arizona, but if you live in Arizona, you're probably pretty good at figuring that out. We're going to have a Christmas uh, Christmas Vinyl Preacher Happy Hour, listen to some cuts off of Christmas <laughs> albums, 
which is one of the greatest genres in all of music. And sadly, yeah, I don't think many people are dropping Christmas albums right now. This doesn't seem to be a very Christmas album-y kind of year. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know if it's pandemic related or what, but I haven't seen the Christmas album drop. Yeah, no, me neither. Me neither. I'm trying to think. The wheels are turning, but no. No. No, I stood in line at the vinyl record store to buy a Christmas album from 1962. So that's, that's how far back we're going into the crates Ugh. to try to find What did you Christmas get for 1962? Music. Did you talk about this the, last the week? The Staples Singers, 25th oh, Day of December. Dang. It's a classic. They just reissued it for uh, Black Friday record store day. Uh, and I stood in line for it and felt good Man. about it. And on Wednesday... Dear listeners, you'll be able to, to hear some of those, uh, hear some songs off that, that album. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yeah, we've also been, uh, we, we took out our Christmas decorations, uh, and there is a stack of Christmas music. Unfortunately, it is all in the compact disc format. Mm. So I've got a stack of compact discs, and the only compact disc player I have is in my car. So. Oh, you have uh, one in your car, though? That's yeah, good. I have one in the car. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, they quit yeah, putting them in cars. The girls to a very special Christmas three. So that's been fun. <laughs> Look forward to discussing that one next week. That's a good. hard part of modern life, Matt. We had our world famous student uh, white elephant party, and um, some of the bad gifts get really, really bad. Like sometimes line crossing, but most of the time not. Like within bounds of like weird things that you definitely don't want to like go home with. And one of them was a DVD copy of a movie called Cheetah Girls 2. Um, and that was one of the great ironies is we like talked about, oh, we should watch it for fun. And then we realized that none of us had access to a DVD player or a CD drive. Yeah. Like on a computer. What can you do? So right. all of this great uh, um, art, such as Cheetah Girls 2 Lost... It's going to be lost to human history, it looks like. So sad. I have learned recently, Matt, that the Spice, Spice World, the movie, uh, people are so ashamed of it, it is unavailable for legitimate streaming in the United States. <laughs> you would have to go on eBay and buy a DVD copy and buy a DVD player that works. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I wow. I wanted to stream it, but... Well, maybe that'll be the next uh, Vinyl Preacher business. We'll start our own streaming service for these long-lost <laughs> concert films. <laughs> oh, I like that you called Spice World a, a concert film. That's the nicest that's, that's thing anyone has ever <laughs> that's what I consider it. said about it. Oh, Matt. Oh. So this is the uh, fourth week of, of Advent we're at now? The fourth week of Advent. Getting pretty deep into your calendar. It's getting a little light. Getting getting a little light. What do you mean it's getting a little light? The uh, Advent calendar with the chocolates inside. It's getting <laughs> a little light. A little less shaky-shaky. Oh, All the doors oh, are open. Yeah, you, you poor thing. Just thinking as if Advent calendars are just chocolates. Let me tell you what my children uh, have thanks to their... Please. Uh, one of their godmothers. It is an Advent calendar of Disney books. It's a giant calendar with little pockets, and there's a book in each pocket. Incredible stuff. Just a giant, giant calendar. Uh, and Chris got them a Lego one. 
which uh, features um, a single Lego in every box. They, it's, a, it's a Lego like scene uh, with some little minifigures. And Sierra said, oh, we opened the last one. She said, oh, it's another golfer. It was a hockey player. <laughs> um, my, I'm doing a really good job of teaching my children about sports. Teach your kids so. the sports. <laughs> um, it's another golfer. Okay. Uh, Matt, lest you think that, that we are just, uh, you know, uh, some yahoos out here in the mountains. Uh, my daughter, too, has, uh, was gifted by, by a grandparent or a aunt. Somebody, so many packages are coming to my house these days. I don't know who they're from or why or or what any of it is but one of the things that came out of one of those boxes was a book advent calendar not disney it's some of the classics so like little red riding hood three pigs that sort of thing Uh, but the grandparents did send trader joe's advent calendars which are not they don't call advent calendars appropriately i think they call them holiday calendars or countdown to christmas calendars because as we all know they're not advent calendars because they start on December 1st, and very rarely <laughs> does Advent begin on December 1st. Uh, <laughs> um, Trader Joe's has cleaned up some of their uh, uh, blatantly racist, uh, uh, xenophobic stuff like Trader Jose and Trader mm-hmm. Yosef and stuff. But the Advent calendar game, they've not uh not fixed they're continuing to appropriate the christian advent yeah this is this is uh i read an article about it it, it, it's like i feel like it's an underreported story we always talk about like how war on christmas church the war on christmas we gotta like but it's really like the war on advent and you know we have to insist on advent even though all the stores want to do christmas no no now all the stores want to do advent they want to sell you stuff for advent these little uh daily vending machines for advent uh, so I don't know what what does the church do with that? <laughs> this is Advent, yet another shopping season. Can we turn mm. every season into a into a excuse to buy things? Lenten shopping season. We've got deals, <laughs> deals, deals, <laughs> deals on fish, <laughs> fish fillet. Here we go. Well, I know what the vinyl preacher's doing about it. For all Patreon subscribers, uh, next December we're gonna manufacture and sell uh, liturgically correct. Advent calendars and mail them to you. And maybe we'll have little books inside, chocolate. We haven't gotten that far along in development, but we got a lot of a lot of things in the pipeline. Little, little 45s. Little 45s. That would actually be pretty great. That'd be pretty cool. We've actually got pretty good ideas here. Nobody take that unless you're a Patreon subscriber. Then you can take our ideas and do stuff with them. Uh, Matt, I've not finished my story yet. The Trader Joe's Advent calendars came, uh, one for my daughter, one for me. And my daughter uh, has like a a pretty like normal one. It's like a Christmas tree counting down the days. Mine is a charcuterie board themed Trader Joe's (laughs) Advent calendar. What? Right. So like the picture is a, a, a charcuterie board and like it has like the words written for the, the food items that are on the charcuterie board. <laughs> right? So like, <laughs> like I, I had no idea what was going to be inside when I opened it. Cause like the first door also had the words like prosciutto on there. And I was like, wow, is this like a, a charcuterie advent calendar? Is there charcuterie inside? No, man, it's the same old chocolate. It's just, it's normal. normal chocolate. It's, <laughs> it's nothing. chocolate? It's just a picture on the front. <laughs> and it's very confusing that your advent calendar that is normal, which is great and appreciated, has a different food and labels on it for different foods that are unrelated. 
Yeah. Maybe it's instructions for what you could do for a charcuterie board using Trader Joe's products. Um, very confusing. Maybe somebody had the idea of having an actual charcuterie board and they were like, this is impractical. Like, how would we make this shelf stable? Let's just put chocolate in it. It doesn't make sense, though. No. Is it at least in the shape of prosciutto or something? It's not. Nope. Like prosciutto-shaped chocolate? No, I feel like it's identical shapes to what's in my daughter's <laughs> calendar. That's great. <laughs> and at first I was very confused because I misread the nutrition facts on the back when I was trying to get it out of the cellophane. And it said, I read it as saying that one serving was like 270 calories. And I was like, wow, this is going to be like pretty good. Like not a bite-sized milk. It was the whole, the whole box has 270 calories. In it, so. <laughs> um, I guess you could say I've internalized some pretty high standards for advent calendars. I think that's the takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're getting through it. We're almost through that advent calendar. Fourth. Sunday of Advent, December 19th. Oh, what a day. It's a little little earlier for the fourth Sunday of Advent to fall since Christmas Eve is late in the week. I guess that's Friday true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, shall we see what we've got? Let's, let's open up this Advent calendar of text and see if it's a little piece of milk chocolate or maybe we've got some prosciutto or uh, a Disney book. Nope, uh, you get the favorite book of uh, all of your your justice-seeking religious leaders. Micah, <laughs> it's Micah. Is it Micah 6, 8? No, it's not. It's Micah oh. 5, 2 to 5a. Not far from 6, 8, though. Makes me curious about doing a deep dive into those couple chapters of Micah and figuring out how they all fit together. Have I done that to prepare for this conversation? I have not. So let's just read uh, Micah 5, 2 to 5a. Reading from Micah, but you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, who are one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to rule in Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has brought forth. Then the rest of his kindred shall return to the people of Israel, and he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall live secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be the one of peace. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. I, um, I've good news for you, man. What's the good news? The good news... Uh, is that uh, in seminary, I became intimately familiar with Micah or Micaiah, as Klaus Peter Adams said it, because, you know, I mistakenly took this graduate seminar in 8th century prophecy, and Micah is an 8th century prophet, and so uh, there aren't that many chapters, Matt, so you can do your study. You can do your study. It's a pretty short book. Nice. Um, And uh, I had to study it, like, in Hebrew and, and, and kind of in German, and stuff, right? And I did my big paper at the end because that was the only grade. There were two grades in that <laughs> class. It was horrifying and terrifying uh, because it was class Peter Adams had come over from Germany and it was his first class teaching in the United States. Uh, and uh, first class teaching like master MDiv students. And so uh, we did not, I did not receive a grade until the last grade in the class. So like normally you're like, am I doing good? Am I not doing so good? No, you get zero feedback until the end. Um, how was I doing? Eh, 
Turned out I was doing mediocre. <laughs> With the same class where he like threw a pop Hebrew quiz at us. Where he's mm-hmm. like, oh, next class session, by the way, we will do our Hebrew test. And we were like, <laughs> number one, you said Hebrew test like like that's a normal thing that happens and that we should have expected it. Um, I'm not. We were unprepared for this. And number two, what does that mean? Because, yes, I've taken one semester of Hebrew um, and we've used a lot of Hebrew here. But I like, what does that mean to you? And he's like, oh, I'll just give you some random passages in Hebrew and you translate them. And we're like, oh, with like, with like helps with like a, uh, you know, a lexicon and, and stuff. No, no, just by like, you just, you just translate them. And we were like, okay, that's impossible. Um, <laughs> so we negotiated it down to, uh, he was going to give us 10 verses and he gave us 20 of the possible verses. So theoretically, we could practice, like, translating them. So I memorized 20 verses in English uh, and just (laughs) was able to figure out, uh, like, keys, like enough Hebrew to figure out which one of the 20 it was and then just write down in English that. And that's how I passed Klaus Peter Adams' Hebrew test. Well done. Well done. I wonder how he's teaching that class today. I hope it's exactly the same because it turned out to be very formative and I talk about it way more than I talk about so many other classes I took in some Right. It does give me some background here on what's going on. Uh, We get this this text out of Micah and it feels a little warm and fuzzy. It's a little like your Micah 6-8 which is like, oh, Mm. this is great. But it's surrounded by like stuff about war and Mm -hmm. armies and stuff. Um, yeah. And that's because in the 8th century BCE, so like 700s BCE, which was a really uh, tumultuous and important formative time for um, the Israelites, for the Judeans, uh, because that's when the Assyrians, which is up in the north, modern day Syria, uh, the Egyptians in the south kind of wake up and uh, decide they would like to have a buffer zone between between each other. So 721, you have the invasion of the Assyrians from the north, uh, in which the northern kingdom of the two kingdoms that, that David, who's getting alluded to here, uh, united Israel, is taken. Jerusalem holds. Jerusalem is in the south. Uh, but, spoilers, it's only going to hold for a little bit longer, 701, uh, when it will fall again. And so the prophets that come along in the 8th century are prophets who are mostly prophesying doom because things are real bad and things are only going to get worse. And the major social issue that Micah is concerned about, we think, is that uh, Jerusalem was able to fend off the Assyrians in 721 because of the Tunnel of Siloam or Tunnel of uh, Hezekiah, I think some people call it, uh, because the, the Assyrians came to Jerusalem and they laid siege to the city, right? They surrounded the city, kind of like old school, like Monty Python style. Uh, and normally that was a pretty effective way uh, to, to take over a town because the city's walled and you cut off all their food and water. But preemptively, uh, the kings at the time had built a tunnel out to the well, to the pool of Siloam, which shows up in the Gospels. And so the city had access to water, so they were able to... to to hold and did not fall to the Assyrians. But uh, Tana Siloam, all of the walls, they, they saw that war was coming. And so the people in power 
built all these armaments. Uh, and they did so by conscripting poor people from the countryside uh, to do that. Um, OSHA in ancient Judah, not very strict. Matt, there were very few rules around workplace safety at the time. So when you got conscripted to go work on a construction project, uh, very often you die. I mean, like, think about how, like, the death rates of, like, building Hoover Dam in the 1900s, like, take that back 3,000 years. Um, not good for big public works, right? So very often those people would literally die. Um, they, if you didn't die, you may go back to your, like, home out in the country, and a soldier could have just taken your land because no one was there to stop them. Uh, and that's, thankfully... A situation that never happens in the Israeli-Palestinian countryside that, like, you show up in a, and someone's taking your land and there's nothing you can do about it. That's hard for us to conceive of because obviously that doesn't happen anymore. Um, but at the time, real bummer. So what I want to lift up, all of that background, is to say that, that what Mike is saying here is that there's going to be a new king. Your new political leader is coming. So there's some good news here, Right. You're being destroyed by these big empires. Good news, there's a new king coming. But here's the switcheroo. This king is coming from Bethlehem, not from the place of wealth that has taken advantage of the poor people of the countryside, but from the countryside itself. And so there's that, like, twist. The place that you, the, the poor, the oppressed, that's the place where this new David, uh, who's going to lead the people back to glory, is going to come from. Amen. That's really powerful. And I wonder, like, um, I mean, it's so it's so helpful to have that context. And I wonder how that is going to shape this gospel reading, too, as we approach Christmas, how we how we give it context. Like, I mean, you mentioned like the warm and fuzzy, right? And the the warm and fuzzy has a different meaning with context and without context. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's okay to be warm and fuzzy when you're cold, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 So, um, shall we, shall we move through the gospel and then kind of weave them back and forth? Cause I feel Let's like do it's, it. cause I feel like it's helpful. I, th- I feel like it'd be very strange things. to preach just on the old Testament, not referencing the gospel this week. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could, I suppose. Yeah, you could, you could. Ignore baby Jesus. That's my advice this this Christmas. (laughs) So this week, Luke 1, 39-55. In those days, Mary set out, and she went with haste, which is how I move almost all the time to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb and Mary was filled with the Holy Spirit or Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believes that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, uh, thanks, Marty. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliest, the lowliness of his servant. 
Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. For he is filled with the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise that he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Marty Haugen. <laughs> Marty Haugen. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could do that version or Canticle of the Turning, always a, always yeah. a classic. Mm-hmm. There's a really lovely uh, Rory Cooney version that sounds very Irish on, uh, on Spotify and on YouTube with lyrics, which is a fun one to use for Bible study. Good stuff. Nice. This is good. This one's actually, this is it is good what are you gonna so, do with it that people have heard this a million times now right i mean i feel like people have heard a million times, but and maybe I, <laughs> so i feel like people have heard the opening lines a million times and i feel like it's we still uh always forget the last the last part of it the crescendo with the bringing down the powerful with the lillian sending the rich away empty which is a line that is in this gospel text I remember the first time I really read this passage uh, I was in Mexico I was in seminary I was mm. seminary years old before I really <laughs> read the Magnificat uh, and I was in Mexico and I bought a little uh, this little image the Virgin of Guadalupe on the back was printed the Magnificat in Spanish and uh, and I was there for this immersion week a little J-term trip and uh, we did like this little liberation theology study of this passage and I was like oh Wow, that's what this says. <laughs> uh, and it's I, I just like continue to think that it's uh, it's yeah, it's just powerful to continue to read this and to sing it and to uh, to make it central on a day like today. It's a it's a good it's a good passage. But I think um, as well, like here here again, like we talk about the warm and fuzzy, right? So like we did a, a study of this a few weeks ago in Bible study. And I asked folks, you know, what their impressions of Mary are. And it was always like, you know, demure and so peaceful. And um, and yet here we get a text that sounds very much like it's out of the context of Micah that you were describing. Where like, there's a lot going on in the world. And there's a lot of um, of dangerous things and scary things and uh, a topsy-turvy world and... And uh, and here's Mary with some some good news uh, coming from an unexpected place, and uh, and there's some teeth in it too. And so if we think about the teeth that are in Christmas, like I just there's a lot going on, a lot going on. What do you got? What would you do with it? Oh man, yeah, I think that's what I would do. No, <laughs> Matt, I have a take. You ready for this? Have you been What's watching? Have you been watching The Great on Hulu? No, no. It is the story. It's uh, it's really good. You should watch it. Um, I took your what we do in the shadows Hulu advice and loved it. Please take my the great uh, advice on Hulu and watch it. It's the uh, occasionally true story of the of Catherine the Great in Russia, uh, and it's really good. It's really funny, and sometimes evidently it is uh, true. And we're in season two of of, Cath- of the Great now. 
and she's pregnant. She's about to have a, a baby. And the, the preparation for her, the birth of the child is crazy, right? Um, because, like, she coos, right? She marries uh, her husband, uh, the son of Peter the Great, and overthrows him very quickly. Uh, and so she coos. Uh, and she's able to coo in part because she's pregnant with his, like, heir. And so, like, the whole time they're like, oh, we have this, like, we have this period of time where we can get stuff done because once you have the baby, like, things are going to be crazy again because, um, you know, someone might kill the baby. Somebody might uh, kill you, take the baby, and then, like, try to, like, take the throne. Like, the birth of this child... By the way, she lets Peter live. Like, she doesn't kill her, her, her husband in the coup, so he's still around, too, right? So, like, the birth of this child is this going to be, like, this, like, real um, uh, catalyst for the potential for political political change and upheaval, for the changing of a kingdom. Um, it's it's wild. Also, she has to have the, like, it's crazy. She has to, uh, we just saw it in the last episode. I haven't seen the, the finale where I'm assuming the child will be born, but they showed her where she would be giving birth. And in Russia at the time, they had public birth for uh, for kings and queens because there was an incident in Denmark where uh, someone switched the baby died and they switched out another baby. Uh, right. Because it meant political stability. Right. Like that's the stakes of what was uh, of what was going on. And so always beware. I saw a sermon a couple of weeks ago at church where uh, a, a, a white man said pregnancy uh, a few too many times, right? Like, if you have not done pregnancy like yourself, like, you got to be careful about, like, how authoritatively you preach it to a bunch of people mm -hmm. who have who've experienced it. And you need to be careful when doing that because pregnancies and like having a child like labor is insane and traumatic and horrific right like mm -hmm. like we're ready to warm and fuzzy this thing up because oh sweet little baby jesus is coming and we know little baby jesus can look so cute in the manger um but that's not reality right it sure as hell wasn't reality then and it's it's not really reality now right that like it's gonna change everything it's gonna be painful it's gonna be right on that like to go liminal, right? It's it's the most liminal space, right? Where like the purest form of life and the most horrific forms of death like are touching each other, and hmm. um, that's I think that's a bit more helpful like backdrop for what bringing <laughs> uh, this baby into the world looks like and makes Mary um, perhaps not as like prophetic in the sense of like hey, we're going to take down the man and stuff, right? But more realist about what, this is what it means. Uh, and, mm. and, and just an accurate description of what bringing a new leader into the world, like, you know, royalty into the world. Mm. Yeah, ro like, mm, royalty into the world. I mean, unlike, like, gosh, it's a super helpful build-up to think about all the preparation for the birth, like you described, and yet the the difference in Mary's story is that she's she's not typical royalty, right? So um, she's coming from this like completely different place, and yet it's as if like in the world of the great, there was some peasant woman preparing in the exact same way because she <laughs> believed that this was the actual royalty. Like, what would that even? Yeah. <laughs> oh. 
in that, yeah, we, I did my last queer catechism on Tuesday, Matt, mm. and we did second article of the creed, which is Jesus. So we could have gone forever and ever and ever. Um, and we ended up with the, like, we're all, that a part of what Jesus is, like, is Jesus makes us all Christ, like, with and without the apostrophe, right? Where we belong to Jesus, but also, like, each of us are little Christ. Hmm. So there maybe there's something there, right? Like, in that, like, we even read Luther's, like, Christmas quote about how, like, you say to yourself, if you were in Bethlehem, you would have welcomed <laughs> Jesus. But you only say that because you know Jesus is great. If you, if you want to welcome Christ, then uh, why don't you love your neighbor? Serve your neighbor down the street. They're right there. There is there is Christ. Why don't you serve him? Mm-hmm. Um, in a way, right? All births are royal births and should be prepared yeah. for as such. Yeah. I had a student in queer catechism this week. Um, somehow we ended up. We ended up. We went through abortion. Was like the first place, um, which was interesting. And then we ended up with like loving your neighbor. Is like a, a really directive like uh, ethic, and uh, the grad st- the the student asked very sincerely, why? So like, why do you think like loving your neighbor hasn't really like caught on in the in the church? <laughs> Good one. Good question. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps it's because we do not prepare for each birth as if it is a royal birth. <laughs> yeah. No, I believe. So I say two things. Like, I believe that. And I think that that. I, I think that is probably the strongest part of my theology these days is that shift to understanding, like, yeah, every birth is a royal birth. And yet. At the same time, uh, like this part in here where it's he's filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. Like what or he's like what <laughs> We're in Luke, right? We're in Luke and, and and so like there is this dichotomy between the powerful and the lowly and the hungry and the rich. And and then we'll continue to see like you know, even when Jesus is born, uh, he's born in this back house and the people that come to visit him uh, are first the shepherds. Like, we don't even get Magi and Matthew, right? So like, yeah, when we like cram all this, when we mix up all the stories together, like, yeah, we get the royal visit. But like in, in Luke, it's like, you know, like it's these like lowly shepherds that come and visit. So like, there is this, there's something polemic too that's going on where it's this contrast. Um, and so it's it's a, it's a both, there's, hmm. Not even a both hand. There's just something. There's some. There's something going on, right? Where like, and and I guess the way that I might put it is that like, every birth is a royal birth, and so we've got to make some. No, God is making some changes so that that's actually going to be true, <laughs> so that we actually live like that, so the world actually reflects that, you know. So like, like it's really easy for us to say. Um, you know, that like every birth is a royal birth. Um, but for us to actually make that real is going to look like this is going to look like, um, powerful coming down and lowly coming up. Like that's that kind of, that kind of change and uncomfortable change is what's going to have to happen in order for that statement to, 
to be made real. Love it. That's what I got. I like it. That's it. <laughs> that's it. So that's what we got for these texts. Yeah. Uh, so I'm listening to music as I as I read these texts and, and move deeper into my charcuterie chocolate. Like I thought maybe they'd be flavored, like you know you can make chocolate flavored, whatever, right? Or chocolate with all these things, and, and no, just milk chocolate, which is great. I love milk chocolate. I I'm I I love trash candy. That's my jam. Candy corn, uh, the conversation hearts that aren't sweet. Um, Neko wafers, like uh, that's my jam. So no complaints wow. here, uh, Matt. I um, as we prepare for birth, Matt, um, and this uh, like one of the other ideas we ended up with at our queer catechism this week was the idea that like that Jesus is always being born, right? I mean, and that's kind of really ties into the idea that every birth is a royal birth because every birth is Christ's birth, like a new little lowercase C Christ being born into the world. Um, and that happens again and again. And I found a song off of Leon Bridges' album that came out this summer called Born Again, which is kind of a spiritual, um, or not a spiritual, like gospel R&B kind of deal, pretty explicitly. Uh, and it's a good good listen, so check that out. Uh, moving on from Spice Girls, with 60 songs that explain the 90, they moved on to Radiohead's uh, Creep, which is an interesting listen as well. Like, and uh, you should listen to our interview with Rob Saylor, and then go listen to the and read Rob Saylor's book about Radiohead, and then go listen to the Creep one because the band has such a tortured relationship with Creep. Uh, but I uh, that sent me back to I've been listening to OK Computer for a while. Uh, their seminal album, and I'm going to put Exit Music uh, parentheses for a film, a song they wrote for Romeo and Juliet, but it ended up on their album, so it was not used in the film. <laughs> um, and uh, it's really good. I think this, like, um, I've got some lyrics for you. I think it makes sense to be playing in the background as uh, as we're on the edge of Christmas. Wake up from your sleep, the drying of your tears. Today we escape, we escape. Oh, sing us a song, a song to keep us warm. There's such a chill, chill, such a chill man now we are one in everlasting peace we hope that you choke that you choke it fits the full like luke and like uh apple cart is upside down now and then uh matt i'm gonna put forever young on uh on the playlist bob dylan's forever young that was the uh the uh song that played in the intro credits for parenthood nbc's parenthood which i loved back in the day uh, in which Dawes appeared on the episode so greatest TV Ooh. show ever nice nice how about you Matt what are you listening to this week well we'll go uh, unsurprisingly with you two <laughs> Magnific- Magnificent uh, which comes from uh, the Mag- inspired by the Magnificat from their No Line on the Horizon album which I continue to stand for uh, we'll do Paul Simon's Mother and Child Reunion uh, trying to think about the mother of our Lord here and then finally Churches The Mother We Share which is a good one mm, you're doing all the motheries yeah, mothery things mm-hmm. this week that's what I'm going with that's what I'm mm-hmm. going with well, I like it man do uh this will be gosh I'm trying to think of when this episode comes out this episode comes out on the 12th yeah alright so we can talk about Christmas next week yeah 
Yeah. Until then, uh, be sure this Wednesday, 4 o'clock Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, our first and only ever free Vinyl Preacher happy hour listening party. Uh, bring your favorite Christmas song. I mean, I guess it could be like a straight Christmas song, but like off of a Christmas album. Uh, and uh, we'll hang out and, and talk and chit and chat and hear some some music. So link in the description and on our social media things. And as always, you can go to www, which stands for Matt World Wide Web dot Patreon, not Patron, Patreon. This is not, we are not hawking tequila right now unless they're interested in sponsoring us. Patreon.com slash The Vinyl Preacher, where you can uh, become an official, like, real deal person that we love and care for more than we love and care for other nameless listeners. Amen. It's been real. Real vinyl.